Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Andy from Relentless Strength and Conditioning in Rochester, New York. What's up, Andy? How are you today? I'm doing well, Bree. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All righty. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Um, it's somewhat of a long story. I guess it's more just uh, my whole life is sports, fitness, coaching. Um, I fell in love with strength conditioning kind of even before it was a thing, um, before there was strength conditioning coaches, because I saw like it was just so useful in my uh, in my own like athletic career. Um, and I just was kind of like a sponge and just kind of self-taught, learned a bunch. Um, and then even as early as like 16, 18, I was I was coaching um, youth soccer, youth hockey. Um, and then I would just do like dry land training, stuff with my teams, my athletes, and just helping friends, helping my own team. People would see me like how I, you know, would condition my own athletes, um, how I would condition myself. And it just kind of, it evolved into a business years later. Okay. All right. So just kind of started with your own experience yeah. and just organically kind of grew into what it is now yeah. today. All right. So what does your business model look like currently? How do you structure things? Are you doing group classes, one-on-one, semi-privates? What does that look like? Sure. So we have a, we offer a lot of services. Um, in some sense, we have personal training, um, we have an adult, you know, strength conditioning or functional fitness program, um, which is essentially like group classes. We have strength conditioning classes for middle school, high school, college, pro athletes. Um, we work with some local high schools. Um, so we go into the high schools, we go into their weight rooms and train. We, um, <clears throat> we work with a couple area colleges as well as um, we work with them remotely. Um, we've done remote coaching in the past. We've done, um, some nutrition training, um, nutrition coaching. So it's, we, you know, we, we have a pretty standard amount of services, wide variety. Okay. All righty. And how many members are you currently serving? So right now we have, um, like that come in, in our on memberships, we have 78. Okay. All right. And then you, so I'm guessing the, the athletic piece is more of like a seasonal thing. So you work with a team for an extended amount of time. And then do you also offer like year round training for those athletes as well? We do. Yep. Um, we have teams we will work with like in their off season during the summer, we'll work with them three to four times a week. Then they have the option to come with us um, once a week, it really is kind of team by team. We individualize a lot of our programs, a lot of our structure. We're, um, we're still on the smaller side, you know, we're not a huge facility. So what we do honestly is it's just basically like catering to the client. You know, we figure out what okay. they want, what they need, um, whether it's, you know, a travel hockey team, 
a travel hockey organization, a lacrosse team, a youth soccer team. We create like the schedule based on what they want. And then um, we go from there. But I mean, we just, we have a huge variety of how we run it. Okay. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. Especially with the sports specific training. Um, now on the general population side of things, how do you structure that membership? Are you doing like six months, 12 months? Are you doing class packages? How, how are you structuring the membership for your general training clients? For simplicity, we have moved everything to a monthly membership system. We have looked at everything where, you know, you can buy classes, you can buy three months at a time, you can prepay for the year. Um, but just for my own, you know, for the business side of things, for the bookkeeping side of things, I recently went back to just a flat membership fee. Um, the adults have a membership fee and then our, um, our athlete strength conditioning classes, you know, they have a membership fee. So instead of just adding all this additional scheduling and, you know, I guess bookkeeping, however you want to phrase it on my end, um, we just have went back to the membership system. And honestly, it is just so much cleaner, um, automating everything again. Right. We just won't go back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely simplifies things to just have people on a reoccurring monthly membership. Yes. Um, now, with that being said, is there some type of an agreement in place or are you month to month with those memberships? We are month to month. Um, we're pretty laid back on that. You know, I don't have an agreement where, you know, you have to give us 30 days notice or you have to commit to this piece. For us, we don't have a problem with people leaving. Um, yeah. Our retention rate is insanely high. Um, it's, and even if they might have to pause a month or something, or most of our adults, they have really, you know, they're, they're sports parents. Um, we're located inside a hockey rink. So maybe they pause a month or two, um, but they always come back. So it's, okay. it's just for us, the business part has always been getting people in the door, getting our name out there and just letting people know like who we are, where we are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So did you say you're located in a hockey rink? Yeah, we're located inside a hockey rink. Ah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. All right. So now as far as getting your name out there and letting people know that you are there, how are you doing that? What does the marketing piece look like? So about a year ago, we, um, we joined with uh, um, Viral Edge Media, a uh, social media marketing company, um, just kind of helping with the brand awareness. Mm. Um, I've tried to be a lot more active on social media, although that is just does not come naturally to me. Um, didn't even have social media the first few years of the gym. Um, so we just honestly, like, just we put ourselves out there as much as we can. Um, I try to set little targets and goals for myself, like reaching out to a certain amount of coaches or leads a week. Um, it's just, it's taking the time to before, like all I really cared about was like programming and just coaching and just focusing on what was in here. And in the word of mouth was huge. The retention was huge, but the more I put myself out there, the more I connect with people, the more I try and like 
get our name out there, the more we grow. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It comes down to a point where you have to start focusing your time on the business rather than in the business as the business owner. And that can be something that's really hard to do because a lot of times you don't get into owning a fitness facility because you love business. It's usually because you love fitness and training. Um, so sometimes it's a little bit hard to step out of being on the floor all day, every day and focus on the growth of the business and the marketing piece and reaching out to people and nurturing your leads and getting them to come in the door. Uh, so that can be a, a hard balance for a lot of gym owners. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I had absolutely no experience with that. <laughs> you know, I'm a history and education major, um, you know, I'm a special ed teacher. So, you know, that piece was just totally foreign to me, huge learning curve. Um, I probably took it a lot slower than I needed to, but mm -hmm. at the same time, like taking it slower, controlling all the scale, controlling everything. Um, it really made it so though, like. We never went into debt. We never, things were always run, they were run in a safe way, which is, you know, if it's your primary source of income, like on the business side is probably not the best way to do it, but right. for us, it's definitely worked. And um, it's just been such a, you know, that piece, the learning piece, it's everything you said, like, you know, working on the business versus working in the business um, mm -hmm. has just made wonders for us. Yeah, absolutely. So now what does that piece look like when somebody does show interest in your business? First, let me back up a little bit. Are you running ads on Facebook, Instagram, Google, things of that nature, like paid advertising that people are raising their hand saying, hey, I'm interested in coming into your facility or how, how's that working? The initial step there. So we have run ads, um, through Facebook. We've run a lot of them. Um, I personally have not seen a ton of success with them. Um, we've tried a whole bunch of different ones. We've tried referrals. We've tried brand awareness. We've tried giving away free weeks. We've tried, um, it, I mean, you name like any token gym marketing strategy, like we've mm -hmm. tried it. What has brought people through the door though, is really like highlighting our members and then having them just kind of almost post on Facebook for us, post on right. social media for us. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's something that I always talk about within the marketing piece is posting organic ads. So yes, it's paid advertising, but the content that you're posting is organic. So people who are actually in your facility, going through the workouts, losing weight or getting results or, you know, whatever it is that they're there for, but real people in your actual facility, because a lot of times people want to post these like super perfect super professional looking ads or um a lot of times it's like not even actually in their facility right they'll post these ads for whatever it is and it's not even their actual facility and then people show up and they're like wait a minute this doesn't make sense and when we talk about the sales process and building trust from the start that kind of breaks it right away right, right. And people might get kind of turned off by that but the best converting 
ads for me were always the super organic people in class having a good time. People are looking for something they can relate to. They want to see people like them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a that's a really good point there. Um, and then obviously, of course, when your members are posting on their own social media platforms as well, that's helpful too. Right. Yeah. No one. I don't think anyone does well with the, uh, you know, the perfect uh, Canva stock images for your marketing yeah, right. ads or like, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, they don't convert very well. That's for sure. Um, in my experience, anyway, if somebody has it figured out, then good. <laughs> um, all right. So now, as far as goals go for the new year, typically now is a pretty big time for planning, looking at where you're looking to go for the new year, how you're going to get there. So what are your main focuses within the business for 2022? So my focus, um, my big push is really to, we have a lot of things always going and we experience some really high highs with like some of our memberships and some of our personal training and some of our team training numbers. But then we also will hit um, periods throughout the year where we experience some lows and like some big drops. Mm. What we're looking at is to add more of the sports who come into us, like for our athlete strength and conditioning classes. You know, we're in a hockey rink, so it's primarily hockey, lacrosse, and soccer players. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'm looking at is diversifying I guess is the best way to say it and adding so that you know if we're training a lot more football basketball baseball players then we're not necessarily going to hit some of those lows when all our lacrosse players are in season or when all our hockey players are in season Um, same thing like with our adult class our adult class will fluctuate with numbers we work with um every summer we get like an influx of educators. Mm -hmm. We would love to keep our numbers just steady. That's, that's what I would love. Um, Same thing with like our team training um, rather than have, you know, leading up to hockey season rather than having working with 12 teams over a three month period. And then next thing, you know, two months later, we're working with three teams. Mm -hmm. We're looking for consistency. That's our right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That is the tough piece when it comes to the athletic training, just because it is seasonal, you know? So like you said, you have 12 teams and then you go to having three teams. So it's kind of hard, especially from a revenue standpoint and kind of predicting where you're going to be and being able to grow from that revenue standpoint. Uh, So typically that's where the general fitness comes into play to kind of keep things consistent. Now, have you ever in the past done more of an agreement on the side of the general fitness? And I say this from a standpoint of if people are coming in for the summertime, but then they're leaving during the winter or, you know, when they go back into their normal school schedules, then typically they're probably not really keeping up with their fitness. So have you considered putting like an agreement in place, doing a one year membership or something like that? Did you start there and take it away? Where's your thought process on that? So that's a great point. Um, We've never talked about a one year, but we have done where um, 
to incentivize them to like stay for like three months in the fall. Like honestly, we've even attempted in the past to like, to almost give it away, <laughs> like financially, um, where it's like, you know, if you pay for September, like we'll give you October and November for, for free, just sticking with it. Um, we have not seen success. Part two is though, you know, part is on us because our schedule is, you know, we can run three adult classes a day. Um, we could run more, but we know it's not necessarily convenient because we have to look at the whole, the whole picture. You know, we have to look at, okay, we got to get, you know, some depends on the time of year. We have to get one or two teams in a night. We got to get two or three personal training sessions in a day. We got to get our athlete classes in. We got to get our adult functional fitness class in. So, and everybody wants the same time frame in the right. evening. So it's not even too just on the people. It's also on just the reality of the facility that we have right now. Okay. So in the schedule. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the six o'clock, six thirty PM is like prime time. Um, yeah. and I'm sure that everybody wants to get in for training at that time. Yeah. Um, so or, yeah, it's more, go ahead. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, but like, or okay. what we'll find is like a lot of our teachers would love like a, like a four o'clock class. Yes. Um, but that is when our athletes can train before they go to their um, team training, you know, before they go to their sport practices between right. that 530 to 30 time period. And anytime we've given up that four o'clock time slot to our, to our kids, because I mean, they come right from high school, right from their school to us, it's backfired. So from the business standpoint, we don't want to give up that four o'clock piece for potentially, you know, five to 10 adults at this point. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And are you, what time is the facility open until at night? How late do you train? As late as we need to. Um, we rarely have anything past eight 30, but mm -hmm. you know, we have times where like during the summer, we start at 6am and we go to 8pm without any right. breaks. But then there's times of the year where we have our morning class at 5.45 a.m. Then we maybe just have one personal training session. And then, you know, it'll kind of sit empty throughout the day there um, until our evening stuff gets going again, like, you know, 3 to 7, 3 to 8. Right. Yeah, that's, that's typical. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot... There's a lot to kind of balance there for you, wanting to have that general fitness side of things to keep things stable, but then also, you know, wanting to diversify within the sports specific training as well to also keep things more stable. So yeah. it's like kind of almost weighing out, you know, what, what makes more sense to do within your facility, because doing both is, is not really working as far as timing goes and making sure that you're actually fulfilling on both things. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's a challenging thing to try to figure out the timing for those classes, because typically, like you said, like it makes sense for you to do your, your sports training right after school in between that time. But then it's like any teachers that you have want to come in at that time as well. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, that's a, a tough balance there. Have you considered um, 
like sticking with the sports teams that you have now and then just growing the general fitness side of things to be larger to support the time when those sports teams do dip or would you rather go in the other direction and do more sports specific training and then just kind of let the general population stuff be um it's a good question you know we're looking at everything um and we're looking at what makes the most sense and it's hard to determine to be honest yeah. it's mm -hmm. um what we're actually kind of looking at potentially as maybe moving away from some of like the team training and just focusing on the two membership systems, the adult membership. And that would allow us a little bit more time to get the adults in. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. and then it would, um, also allow us to keep the, uh, you know, to keep the, the sports training, the, the small group sports training, the athletes training conditioning. Um, but then, you know, kind of you asked, to, to circle back to something you asked on the, on the goals for this year is, you know, I've been able to put, um, my coaches on salary now. So mm -hmm. what I'm looking at is we're trying to build actually some of those, you know, seven, eight, nine AM classes, build some of the adults. People are working remotely. Um, yes. people have more flexibility in their schedules, more personal training. So we're trying to really push when the gym is not being used. Mm -hmm. as well as balancing the right mix as we grow in our general population and as our athlete classes also grow because they are growing too like how this all makes the most sense and it is without a doubt a work in progress yeah yeah absolutely and you make a good point there you know a lot of people now working from home do have more flexibility within their schedules so that does allow some of those time frames that maybe wouldn't have been so useful before now people can make it work uh right. especially within like personal training if people are coming in for one-on-one -on -one sessions they can just block it out on their schedule and come on in for a session um so that's definitely helpful but yeah there's a lot of um a lot of moving parts there to kind of work out yes. for you over this next year for sure Alrighty. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, opening up their own facility, what would that be? Um, I don't know. So I guess I'll, there'd be a lot, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I bootstrapped everything. I didn't go into debt. We did everything ourselves. Um, so there's multiple ways to figure it out, figure out what's going to work for you. You know, if it's going all in right from day one, like, you know, burn the bridges, get rid of your day job, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I can totally see how that could work. I think we would be a lot further along if I did that. Um, but also don't be afraid to, to start small you know, bootstrap it like we did. And then, um, just learn how to prioritize your time. Realize it's just, you know, seasons of life, you know, there's going to be times you're going to work insane hours either way. Um, just learn how to manage your time and then get good at the business stuff. Automate everything. Absolutely. Yes. Automate everything as fast as you can. Um, mm -hmm. I would definitely, that's the one thing I wish I would have done sooner. 
rather than handle everything myself and spreadsheets, I just would have automated everything sooner. Yes, so. absolutely. That's, that's huge. I mean, especially, yeah. and for you, time management, even more so because you also have a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. So that becomes even more important for somebody like you. And there are a lot of other gym owners out there who also work full-time jobs as well as own and run their own facility. So if you're not automating things and you're chasing people for dues monthly, or you're just trying to keep track of everything on your own, it's like, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't automate everything. So that's a, a good, good piece of advice there for sure. Awesome. Alrighty. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Sure. Yeah, we're on Instagram. It is relentless uh, underscore conditioning. So, and that's where we're, we're most active is on Instagram. All righty. Perfect. So pretty straightforward. So Andy from relentless strength and conditioning in Rochester, New York. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been awesome having you on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, co-owner of Jab Boxing in Louisville, Texas, Mr. Jose Aguilar. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, sir. I'm excited to have you on, excited to learn more about Jab. So let's dive right into it. Tell us what you're all about down there. All right, so Jab is a... Uh, boxing program or it's boxing gym boxing program located in old town Louisville. um we coach not only do we coach boxing but we focus on taking the stigma out of boxing whether you know uh, the violence and all that just to we focus on making it a community for people where people can come in and uh learn self-defense you know uh stay in shape but also have a place where they can feel safe learning the learning the every the ins and outs of boxing without you know i feel like traditional boxing you go to a boxing gym is very intimidating so we try to remove that as much as we can uh and make it as fun uh of an experience as we can for people uh we're small we're uh, we're uh, we're not too small we're 1800 square feet uh gym former crossfit gym and uh it's definitely uh it's beautiful to see how um, people come together in this space and um, just the way we get to use uh, how I've seen that space kind of change over the month or over a few months of how it's gone from CrossFit to the boxing and um, yeah, just the evolution of it. It's been really, really, uh, really nice to be a part of as well. Yeah.
Awesome, man. So your background is you've been involved in the sport of boxing for about 10 years now? Correct, correct, correct. Um, I trained under uh, Coach Marcus Hicks out of Carrollton, uh, Texas. He, uh, he formerly fought for uh, WEC, which I don't know if they're still around, but it's kind of like Bellator. It's kind of like something that's before the UFC. Um, trained with him for this going on year 11 and pretty much everything that I know about boxing and the, and the few things that I do know about running a business all comes from, a lot of it comes from that guy. All right. So you had your background in the sport of boxing. You had worked to some degree in some other businesses as a coach in some aspects that mixed, whether it was boxing, kickboxing with fitness and you had, you'd spent some time, paid some dues in that realm. Then the pandemic hit. And I know everybody um, who's not in Texas thinks that it's a bunch of yeehaw, make your own rules down there, but it did, it hit Texas too. Um, and still has had its ebbs and flows, but that was where uh, you found yourself looking for a new opportunity, looking for the right home. And so you landed in this facility where you are now that was operating as a CrossFit gym and brought a pretty unique proposition. And it, we'll get into it a little bit to the owner of that gym that turned into now what we know as Jab. So give me a little bit of, um, you know, what your thought process was, you know, how you thought your skills would translate into doing this on your own and, you know, what you thought your big picture presentation was to this CrossFit gym owner that got you in the door. And this is going to be, this is, this is, this is the, the funny part to me because uh, I'm going to be human and I'm going to be honest with you. Um, during that time, there was no thought process. There was no thinking. There was none of that. I was very stressed out over money. I was just in a very bad place. And I have no, you know, formal training in any business. So I just know I had an idea and I had a vision for what I wanted it to be. And uh, I kind of just went along with it. And then little by little, I kind of started looking into um I'm just, just watching videos during pandemic. That's what I spent some time doing. Um, watching uh, YouTube videos on how to market, how to use Canva as your friend. You know, if you don't know, you don't, you don't necessarily need to be the brightest guy out there. But I think I, the biggest thing that I learned during, during that time is pride and ego kind of ruin opportunities. So um, I kind of just started asking questions. Uh, you know, I found myself uh, reading on forums, things that I had never ever done. But I think at that point, I kind of knew that I was in for, you know, for growth. And to be honest, man, I was very lazy. I was, I was lazy. I didn't like doing anything. I like, I like, I was so accustomed to going into a place, clocking in, clocking out, having my safety. Again, like, I, like we spoke before, like, uh, that was my safety net. Every two weeks getting a paycheck. It was, and it was a good paycheck, you know, but that was my safety net. And as soon as a uh, pandemic hit, and then um, the biggest thing that, that that hit me was, you know, my boss sold the, my former boss sold his gym, and then I had no job. So at that point, no more safety net, and I had to take off. And that was the really cool part, you know, getting to learn more about, you know, again, like things like Canva and stuff like that. And um, from there, it was just a vision, and I kind of just stuck with it. I, I appreciate you being as open and honest about that. 
because often, um, you know, we get people and they have this long thought process and a lot of it amounts to inaction. And I always ask people at the end, you know, if there's something you could tell yourself sooner, something you would change. And a lot of those people say, oh, I just tell myself to just, just fucking do it. Right. Like I know that I have the passion. I want to help people and I know that I'm going to make it work. So I wish, I wish that someone would have pushed me. So I don't think you probably would have wished, wished to get pushed into a pandemic again, but you know, there's a, there was a big dark cloud that came over and you said, I got to do something and you figured it out and you, you went to, uh, you figured out what you wanted to do, presented it to the owner of that local gym. And, you know, I'm sure the pandemic affected him. So there's this guy saying, Hey, can I come give you some money? What does he have to lose? Right. He's got some degree of faith in you. And you took that, you know, you and, and you have a business partner who unfortunately couldn't be here today, but you took that and you guys have grown this into a business and went from renting a space from someone to, you know, unfortunately his business is not going to be in that space anymore, but yours is going to be in there and continues to grow. Correct. correct, correct. So, I mean, I kudos to you for, I, I know that maybe your back was against the wall and you wouldn't want to do it that way, but you could have played the victim. You could have curled up in the fetal position. Woe is me. The world sucks, all that. And you're like, I'm at least going to try this. I have something I love. I love boxing. I want to try to help people. Let's get paid for it. So you, you took the dive in and here we are. Yeah. And that's the funny part because you mentioned I could have played the victim. I'm pretty sure at, at times I did play the victim. You know, I played the victim, but I was like, and then it was actually like, like my girlfriend actually helped me out. She's like, hey, man, you chose to do this. You know, it's it's your thing, you know, but it's it's really cool, man, because, again, uh, once you take complete ownership over that, like, you have to realize, like, you're responsible for the growth or for the failure of your uh, business. There is no way around it. You can't point fingers or anything you know you know how much work you're putting into it so if you're going if you're going to sleep early and waking up late um and bills are due or things aren't right then it falls back on you i mean you know at the end of the day when you go to bed you know what things are looking like and uh i'm just glad that at some point i kind of accepted that because again i was so used to structure is one thing that i'm not never really even thought of until becoming a business owner. I was so used to just going to a place, fuck in, do whatever, everything's done for me. I don't do so well with, you know, coming up with a game plan, but I learned real quick that, you know, the, the, bills, the bills gotta be paid, you know, so you better come up with a game plan. Got it. Well, again, good for you for the honesty, for owning up to it, for, for you know, admitting that there was, there might've been some, it wasn't all roses, sunshines, and puppies. But anyway, you did it. You went. You you promised this guy, hey, I'm going to make this business. I'm going to pay you some money. This is what we're going to do. And now you have to put your money where your mouth is, literally. So how did you start? Like, all right, next thing you need is some clients. Did you have some people previously from your other employment? Did you just have to start fresh and get people? Because all the, all the hype in the world isn't going to do anything if you don't have people in front of you to train. So what did you do to start getting people? Oh, I love this. I love this. Um, so I took my last page. So the way 
my boss, my former boss, he sold the gym and he told me, he didn't tell me, he just gave me my check and he was like, hey man, I'm sorry, I sold the gym. So yeah, starting tomorrow, you don't have a job. And um, I took that, yeah, <laughs> I took that last paycheck and I bought, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of a cricket machine, like to cut yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yes. For scrapbooking. Yes, yes. So I, I, I bought a cricket machine. I bought the press, the, the, the heat press, and I bought a bunch of t-shirts and I made shirts with that last, uh, with that last paycheck. Um, with, and I created a simple Jab logo and I wore that shirt. And then next thing I did, um, I paid my, my dues for that month at the gym. And then with a little bit that I had left over of money, I, uh, made a few videos, um, Oh, actually, no, 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 no. I, I, I made an event invitation to, for people to show up for free um, with those people that showed up to my classes for free. Some of them were friends. Some of them were friends of friends that I had never met, um, made content. And this is where I realized how, how much of an asset Facebook and Instagram is I was completely using it before for all the wrong reasons. It's a platform. It's a place where you can promote. It's all about promotions. It's free, you know? Um, and then I started making content, started making videos with my logo in them. And then before I knew it, people were asking me, hey, uh, you know, uh, you coach, you coach boxing, you know? Um, again, no game plan. I don't know what I was doing, but I was um, putting, I think I put like maybe, it was like 40 bucks into Facebook, uh, what's called Facebook, to promote videos. And that did a lot for me. That, did, that alone did a lot for me. And um, little by little, I've been get, I've, I got more people in and just kept making more content, you know, uh, making the content better. And I realized the, the better the content got, the better the quality, the better the videos, the more it showed people what we do, but without giving them too much, people wanted to show up for their trial session more. So that's where, that's kind of how it started. And it was really cool. It was really cool to see that somebody could take interest to your work. Okay, so now, now that you have established clientele, things are growing, you're feeling a little more comfortable, you have more you know, active clients, are you still doing the same thing? Are you still making content and promoting it? And have you layered on anything else to try to attract more people? 100%. I focus on uh, visual communication with people because they don't know me. They don't know anything about me. They don't know anything about my background. They get people when they see this. And, I, and again, I tried Google ads and I've tried the thing with, with you know Google ads is it didn't work for me so much because I mean yeah it, it got people in but it didn't get the right kind of audience in and I feel like when uh, with Instagram and Facebook and uh, you know putting these videos out people get to see you know and we draw in the people that you know they get to see in detail what we do there and we draw you know uh, the right crowd in. And so I focus a lot on that. Again, the visual communication part. Um, however, my partner, he's been super, super successful using uh, Thumbtack and uh, other um, websites like that where you can get leads because he focuses primarily on personal training. I focus primarily on uh, group training and stuff like that. I had a different vision 
and again, my vision, me, my vision came from um, training with my coach for so long. I wanted something similar with a twist, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, again, his he's been super successful with Thumbtack. I saw I saw my business partner go from in one year go from zero to he was in Thumbtack's like top five percent of personal trainers. Wow. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's putting the work in all the time. That's a hustle. Correct. 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 Okay. So on your side of things, you're growing, you're growing interest, growing your client base, uh, specifically in the group side of things. But for most people who start off as trainers, and then have this vision, have a business, um, the biggest obstacle. Once you get all the legal stuff out of, you know, that stuff, you can just hire somebody, you can hire a lawyer, you can hire a, um, an accountant, but in the day-to-day -day operations, trainers historically struggle with sales. They don't like sales. It's uncomfortable. It feels weird. There's, there's any number of things that go wrong uh, in the early stages with sales. And, and thankfully, most of us can just get by enough on personality where enough people like us and our enthusiasm that they sign up. But at a certain point, it starts to feel like a roadblock. So where do you feel you are as far as that journey goes to layering on sales technique and structure with your enthusiasm, with your talent, as far as coaching goes? How does that feel to you as your journey goes? So um, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Um, so just like you mentioned it, I, at, for as for as about as long as I can remember, again, I'll be honest, I rely 100% of my personality <laughs> to make a sale. Now, now that I'm getting more to the details of it, um, I set my price because beforehand, I didn't have the confidence to charge people for my product. Um, and now I realized that it comes more and just knowing, you know, how much I charge for. So the one thing that I try to do now is uh, I have my, my price sheet and I try to get as familiar as I can with it. That way, when it's time to have that conversation with the client or the customer about the, um, about pricing, there's no hesitation on my side. So that takes out the hesitation at all from both sides. You know, I'm trying to be more clear and more direct. Um, with the customer and then um, also I think it's it's simple you know I uh, I believe in the product that I bring to people and uh, and I show that I show that to them when they're in their trial session or when they're you know when I'm talking to them uh, and I stand by it you know and I think that's actually helped me a lot but again beforehand the hardest part was just hesitation I was very hesitant and then people would ask me about pricing and you could see the doubt in my face that like if you, you're like, if I'm unsure, then you're probably not going to feel too comfortable signing a six to 12 month contract, you know, with me, you know? So, um, again, now I'm just very, because, and it all started with having everything just noted down how I wanted it to run and how I wanted it to be. Um, because again, like I told you beforehand, I was just kind of just, everything was all over the place. Nothing was organized and I had to, but I realized that once everything's organized, it just creates that that um kind of like uh what am I looking for? Um, just you're relaxed more you know you're 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 less stressed because you're not having to constantly think of 
something. But once you rehearse something and it's the same, uh, it's consistent, and you get down to the bottom, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, there's definitely a level of relaxation that comes from confidence. And something you talked about a little bit was you sitting down and figuring out what your pricing scheme was going to be, what levels you were going to offer. For a lot of new gym owners, let's let's be real, sometimes not so gym owners, the, the pricing is come about by, hey, I'm going to look at other facilities in my area and I'm either going to price the same or be cheaper than them. And, and somehow or another, I'm going to make that work as a business model. So it seems like you didn't go that direction. Now, whether you started out undervaluing yourself and figuring out as you built up that clientele, but at this point in this iteration of Jab, it seems like you didn't set out to be the cheapest gym in the area. You didn't try to make everybody happy with your prices. What was your thought process and how did you figure out where you wanted to position? Was it based on, hey, this is how many people I can handle and this is how much money I need to charge to have the life that I want to pay the bills? Did it, was it some degree of trial and error? How did you come to where you are for your, your pricing and your membership offerings? This is bringing back some like wonderful memories. Uh, <laughs> dude, to be honest, man, when I first started, I didn't value my product at all. I had a kid, it just came from not having confidence in, in what I was teaching, um, which, Oh, man. Uh, if I could, you know, give somebody advice again, it would be just believe in your product and decide your price first thing and then stick by it. Because um, I was doing a lot of free work. I was doing a lot of, you know, uh, very cheap training uh, and to try to make it affordable for people. But then again, my coach, my mentor, the guy that I owe like everything to is uh this guy, he told me, he's like, two things, man. People prioritize what's important to them. And the second is free has no value. So if you choose to do something out of generosity, do it because you chose to, but set your price and stick to it. And that kind of just changed, that just, that just changed the world for me. Because now, again, um, one thing that I'm really big on and I'm I'm actually huge on. I enjoy giving back. I'm all about the community. I'm all about giving back because I've been at points when, you know, throughout boxing, boxing isn't uh isn't so much. It, boxing is a poor man's sport. So I grew up boxing and stuff. There were times where I couldn't even pay my gym dues for boxing, you know. And um, but the generosity of you know my coach allowed me to keep training. So that's why I'm so focused on that. But now when I do cho choose to do those things. I, um, I do it from my, um, you know, um, I do it because I want to, and I make sure it's on contract that I, you know, that I do choose to give somebody a discount for X amount or whatever, um, because I, I don't want money to be the, re I don't want the, what is it? I don't want them, not uh, a student, not having enough money to pay for their dues to keep them from trading. However, if I do that for them, they have to meet me along the way and probably sign like maybe a six to 12 month contract because that lets me know they take it serious. The one thing that hurts the most of doing something nice for somebody is them not meeting you halfway there. And um, that's where a lot of my pain and early, the early stages of the business where there's nothing wrong with, you know, giving away, but you also gotta be fair to yourself. 
you know, and that was very hard for me to get over, you know, because I always wanted to be the, the and I can't be like, you know, um, I always wanted to be, to give back, but I had nothing to give back when the, you know, the bills can get paid, you know, but now we focus on, on a few different things. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you figured out that it's a lesson in, and I will say that having talked to a lot of boxing gym owners, and I think it translates to some degree other combat sports, but boxing above and beyond some of the other owners and trainers that I've talked to have this willingness to give as much of their time as they possibly can, probably more than, than is healthy for them and sometimes for any type of work-life balance. But you figured out that, hey, I need to figure out a, um, a way to still charge enough to the people that can't afford it so that I'm in a position where if my business stays open, I can help more people, right? If you try to charge everybody $50 a month, and you go out of business, then you can't help anybody. So you're walking that line of, I need to be successful enough so that I can help other people, right? I think, you know, maybe Grant Cardone, maybe some of the people say like, sometimes being broke is selfish because if you're in a position where you got to worry about yourself, then you can't help anybody else. So if you have a talent, you have a, a passion that people will pay you for, there's nothing wrong with then turn around and leveraging it, whether it's volunteering your time, giving people a discounted rate, whatever it is, as long as you realize that the business has to stay healthy and you have to stay healthy in order to, to be able to help as many people the way you want. So good for you for finding that balance. And again, it sounds like, you know, some of these lessons you had to learn the hard way, but if you learn them, right, you're not going back and repeating the same thing over and over, wherever you were, you're at that point now where you can give back and the more you grow, the more you can give. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome, man. So we, uh, we only have a couple minutes left and I want to, want to hit a couple of, of quick questions for you. Um, 2022, if you could wave a magic wand and we, you know, we sat here back, you know, January of 23, uh, what are the big accomplishments that you have on your radar? What are the milestones that you feel like you want to hit in order to feel like 2022 is a success? Um, are these just uh, financial or just in general? What, whatever stands out to you. It could be personal development. It could be the size of the business. It could have dollars attached to it. Whatever things that you have, you know, your vision for this year. So my vision for moving forward for this year, I told myself that I'm going to, um, my main, my biggest priority, my biggest focus is to focus on the community, like our, our gym, becoming more of a community. Um, and we started this a few months ago, but um, just, again, removing the stigma out of boxing and um, focusing more on uh, mental health awareness. That's my number one thing moving forward for uh, not just this month, but the whole entire year. Uh, make it more about uh, mental health awareness and, you know, letting people know that, um, you know, people go through these things and that's what we want our gym and our community to be based off of. We're here to help people in, in any kind of way. And um, of course, there's a few financial things, but certain things have became more important to me than the financial aspect, only because at this point where I'm at now, I have enough people that are signed on to keep the gym running for the next year. 
you know, I got enough people that are signed on contracts and stuff like that. That creates, uh, that gives more space for, you know, um, relaxation. Now I get to focus on the things that I really prioritize, like those things, mental health awareness and just, um, and uh, getting some of these kids off the streets, you know, because where I'm from, it's a very nice place, but there's also, I think we all often overlook the crime rate and we try to hide it with nice houses and nice environments stuff. Like, no, there's still, like, I, I still see a lot of those kids. I still see a lot of those people. So we want to, I wanted to focus a lot on that. And, um, build a, a team again like I told you I got a, a few guys that I'm training that are going to be working under me uh, build a strong team a strong community um, that supports each other and that's what my main focus is I don't want to be known for the guy that was successful for just running a successful boxing program no I want to be I want us I want that gym to be recognized for it's a place for uh, for hope faith you know a butt of hope and faith uh, where people can come in and people who are maybe doing really bad can come in and you know have faith that you know they will be maybe happy happy maybe they're not right now but they can't be and for that hour or so that they spend in the gym things can be different that's what I want to focus that gym on being on I think that if I if we do that successfully the gym takes care of itself I have zero doubt about that um and that's it. That's that's mainly it, man. We just want to make sure that I'm I'm my the coaching part I can do. I have zero doubt about that now. I'm over the not having confidence in what I do coaching. That's that's beyond me now. But now, so now I want to focus on the things that are truly important to me, like changing someone's having the ability to change someone's life. I always tell my people, people around me, if you have a platform, use it, use it for the better, um, and. It's, uh, I'm getting to the point to where I'm starting to take my own advice, you know, so um, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's our goals moving into this year. And um, again, I have no doubt that if we do that correctly, uh, we will reach the right audience um, and the people, and people will have an immense amount to like benefit from that. And that's what I want for this year, for sure. Oh yeah, man. Just, just going to turn your, your gym into a beacon of hope in the community. No big deal. Right. No, <laughs> that's, exactly. that's amazing. That's amazing. All right. I want to flip the clock around and say, so that was, that's the future. Um, you're a guy who's very in touch with some of the lessons you've learned, maybe even some hard lessons. Um, you know, in your time running this particular endeavor, since you've been open, some of the trial and error you've been through, is there any one thing that stands out or any, any one lesson, something you wish you could have told yourself, you know, before you started that you think would serve you the best? Lots of lessons in there, I'm sure, right? Packed into a short period of time. I think it's just more than anything, just wishful thinking isn't business thinking. Um, and, uh, as far as like for me personally, like be nice to yourself. This is very hard. What we do as business owners is very hard. It's very stressful. Be nice to yourself. Um, also, every from time to because we're already so hard on ourselves every day. So every now and then, step away from it. Be nice to yourself, um, and be around. Have a have a uh, have a mentor. I'm glad I have. Them. 
you know, and um, and most importantly, be nice to yourself because that stress will do real things to you. And it's no good to be stressed out if you know, like you know, to have a successful business, but, but you can enjoy it because you're stressed out or sick because of your business, you know. So be happy, stay in the moment, and um, yeah, man, just enjoy it while it lasts. Cause ain't no telling what could happen, you know, in a year from now. Yeah, I love it. Two things that stand out there. One is, um, I'm bad with these cliches, but I think people say, you know, a goal, a goal without a plan is just a wish, right? So having having that plan, it applies to business too. And you know, wishful thinking is not business uh, thinking. And then, and then something we tell, I think that we all tell our clients in the fitness space is we always give them room and say like, Hey, let yourself be a beginner, right? It's okay to mess up. You're here to learn as you go. And that same process applies to us as entrepreneurs. Allow yourself to be a beginner, right? Yes, there are different levels of consequences, but if you think you're going to come into it, knowing everything, not making any mistakes, it's going to keep you away from mentors. It's going to keep you away from challenging yourself or going outside your, your comfort zone. So allowing yourself to be a beginner. And like you say, be nice to yourself about it, right? There's, there's enough negativity in the world. There's enough other people that are going to tell you how you mess up and how it's not going to work. You don't need to add on to it. Right, correct. And I think that's very important for whether it be us or just any young kid that's going to college or just, you know, we're, you know, we're human. We're allowed to make mistakes. The, you know, uh, the biggest thing that I've learned is we create our own problems. So uh, take it easy, you know, allow yourself to make mistakes, but do take note of those mistakes. You know, don't just keep it in your head, like write it down. And that helps a lot, you know, speed up the learning process. Because if you don't take note of it, you'll find yourself making these circles where you make the same mistake over and over and over again. And that's not growing. That's not fun. Absolutely. Well, we are just about officially out of time. Um, if you want to find Jose, if you want to find uh, Jab Academy, it's jabacademytx.com is the website. Uh, Instagram is Jose Aguilar Boxing. Uh, there's links to the Instagram and the Facebook on the website. Anywhere else people can find you easily online, Jose, if they want to reach out? Um, and then we have one additional Instagram account only for the for the gym. It's, it'll be the same thing uh, at Jab Academy TX. And look for updates coming into this year. Again, we have a strong, but we have a good group of guys that are going to be heavily focused on the content and you know putting out more free content for the people that way anybody across the u.s that wants to learn boxing they can go there and just we're excited we're excited to be able to give back as much as we can you know and no matter where you're on the u.s soon you will be able to learn how to your fundamentals of boxing through jab academy yeah awesome man well i appreciate your time thank you so much for being on with us today Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. And yeah, man, this is a great experience and definitely fun. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're, you're welcome, sir. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending some of it with us today. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. 
If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will reach out. We'll get you on as soon as possible. To everyone out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us on the show, Mr. Jeff Frankoviak of Anywhere Fitness, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Jeff. What's going on, man? How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here and uh, looking forward to uh, this interview. Yes, I'm excited to to dive into this. Anywhere Fitness is relatively new. And so I want to hear kind of from you how you describe this to people. I don't want to paint on your canvas. And so if you were to tell one of your friends what Anywhere Fitness is, how do you describe it? So basically I created a gym that like people that are, especially people that are starting out, obviously I have every tool in here for every level of fitness and we do train athletes as well too. But I definitely wanted to gear it towards people that aren't totally sure of what they're doing or might not feel comfortable in a gym. So having a slightly smaller setting and um, the way I designed it was if you get a gym membership, it's only $30 more and you actually get a half hour personal training set, or I'm sorry, a 45 minute personal training session with that monthly fee. So every month you could actually meet with the trainer. They could show you what to do if you're not comfortable using the equipment or not sure if uh, we'll do an analysis as well too, to see if you have overactive or underactive muscles and what exercises will be best for you. And even things that you do when you're at home or at the gym and just educate because I've been in the industry now for over 15 years and um, you could do things all day long, but if you're not doing them right, you're still going to struggle. Yeah, I agree. And, and that really becomes a nice addition for a lot of people. I'm sure is almost a, a tune up, a check-in session, if you will, to make sure that they're doing things right. But you guys also do a significant amount of personal training on top of that. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would say that most, like I would say that a good, a good percentage of our members, more than most gyms actually do personal training. And, um, it's one of those things, right. Where the more personal training that's happening in a gym, it naturally gravitates more people to even do personal training because now they see so many more people that 
are transforming. It's just more frequent that they're seeing, yeah. hey, that person was coming for two months. I've been coming for two months. They're looking great. You know, like maybe yeah. I should just go talk to the trainer and see if I could, you know, do that half hour or that 45 minutes with them or maybe get in a program with them. So yeah. um, it makes people feel a lot more comfortable to approach personal trainers, you know, hence. Yeah, it's like, certainly it creates social momentum and almost a jealousy factor in those that aren't doing it, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's nice, too, because I'm not worried about price point. I want to make sure there's something for everyone. So we have small group training as well, too. So, you know, say you want to work out with more of an advanced trainer, um, but the price point's kind of high, you could get in there with the small group. It still works out being cheaper than working with a, a, one of our regular trainers. Or you could start doing classes that, you know, our class sizes are a little smaller right now. And they get to be individualized a lot more than most classes just due to our size and our settings. So that's why, you know, people really tend to like it. Yep. And so a number of different tiers, if we're to, to label this, we've got the open gym aspect of it. We've got group classes, we've got small group, and we've got one-on-one -on -one individual. People can really find what makes the most sense for them and their goals in order to get the best results, right? And it's as you mentioned, price points are individualized. People can get into a, a coaching program and have some assistance and some guidance without necessarily breaking the bank, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's enough right. challenges so, right now to, you know, that yeah. people are having to get to their Certainly. fitness goals. So let's eliminate as many as we can because that's what's gonna that's what, what's gonna make it happen. Yep. And so Jeff, within all of these services, how many people do you serve in total? It helps to have some context for the size of the membership that we're talking about. So we have about 200 members and um, say about, you know, 80 of them are probably doing personal training in some sort of facet. Yeah. And so like you said, a, a much higher percentage, a higher utilization than industry averages would suggest at least a lot of your membership are performing PT in some capacity. What, how have you been able to accomplish that, right? Because so many people, so many gym owners want to better use personal training in their facility. What went into that growth for you? So um, there's a couple things. One, I mean, and I think that this just happened by chance. Um, if you do have a chance to go to the, to the web, like the website or, or see our things like anywherefitness.studio, um, right on the entrance of our door, like I have my main Anywhere Fitness sign above, but right on the door as you walk in, it's like just a beautiful sign that says personal training. So it kind of, you know, works in two different ways. Sometimes people think it's more so just a personal training studio. So I think that, that that's probably why I got that extra little bump of people mm -hmm. doing more personal training here than the gym membership. Um, I could also maybe say that, you know, during these times of COVID and everything else, when people are a little more skittish to go to the gyms, going to a smaller gym and, you know, working with a trainer uh, has probably become more desirable than just going to a big gym and just working out on your own. Sure. So, yep. I mean, not to discredit myself, you know, but those are two things I think that just gave me a little bit of a bump. but the biggest thing is i used to own a personal training studio for the last seven or eight years so i handled only personal training at my last business yeah. so i definitely know how to get people you know in the door 
showing the value in the education they're going to get and the results, which then, you know, has gotten, you know, the word to spread. Plus, I also train personal trainers. So I've trained a lot of trainers now. So that, that way they could continue to help more and more people. Yeah, it's more staff development and, and building a team, right? And one thing that you mentioned along the way that I want to pick your brain on is that you mentioned, hey, I'm, I know how to get people in the door. And, and we, I mean, as a blanket terminology, right? Marketing. Marketing can mean any number of things, but how have you successfully gotten people through the doors of Anywhere Fitness? Um, hustling. Definitely hustling um, and very grassroots. And it's it's kind of neat. I think people probably like the story of uh, how this gym came about because, you know, I lived in, a, I was personal training for um, a couple of years, but then, you know, I quit all that and went to Australia. I ended up living there for like four years. I came back and I had to build my business back up from ground zero. So I actually started in this neighborhood by passing out flyers door to door and building up an outdoor boot camp. And from that outdoor boot camp, I then um, made enough money, started renting like studio space, started doing my personal training there, then started managing a local gym and then, you know, opening up, you know, my past gym, Tone Up Club, and then now this. And during that whole process, you know, I was active in the community by joining the Chamber of Commerce, you know, um, going to different businesses and giving them gift certificates specific to my gym. I think that that is uh, something that's a nice touch rather than just saying, hey, here's here's some coupons for 20% off or this or that other thing. I actually take like the gift certificate and I put their logo on it and says, you know, Dunkin Donut wants to treat you to a workout at, you know, Anywhere Fitness or something like along those lines. So it seems like people don't want to have a bunch of clutter in their storefront. Like, you know, I, I get that. So it wants to seem more valuable. So I've done that. I've joined the Park Ridge Health Commission Board to make changes there. I created the first health fair in Park Ridge, you know. So um, a lot of very grassroots, local magazine advertisements, you know, any sort of charity, any sort of um, event, I'm always putting raffles in for the gym and stuff like that, you know, for someone and their friend, because, you know, coming to a new place on your own might be uncomfortable, but if you could bring a friend, there's a much better chance you'll show up. Right. So a lot of this, like you mentioned, is stems back to just like kind of pounding the pavement, right? Getting out into the communities, establishing partnerships, making it known that Anywhere Fitness exists and is looking for new people. What about social media, Jeff? Because social media has become such a huge part of the fitness industry. Is that something that you guys actively use? Yeah. So, I mean, we have our Facebook page and we post regularly. We're doing the trainers uh, trainer Tuesday where we do like a, a tip and have the different trainers post, you know, something that they, uh, an exercise that they like, or, you know, just recently learned. And, um, you know, we have Instagram and, um, you know, we also have a, well, I don't know if our newsletter would count as social media or not, but we also have a newsletter that we send out weekly, you know, with tips and advice and let right. people know what's going on. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is just a lot of different ways. When we talk about marketing, it becomes more of a toolkit than a singular tool, right? The more options we have and the better we can get in front of people, obviously, the better the end results are going to be. For you guys, you mentioned roughly 200 members and somewhere around 80 in PT. 
are you actively trying to grow those numbers? Oh, always. Like I said, I mean, I had to start this place out during the middle of a pandemic. So um, yeah. my marketing efforts were all scaled back by at least 70% because, you know, you can't just be like, you know, I mean, pictures of a busy gym probably isn't a good thing maybe right now to show, you know, or advertise with. So it's like, how do you do that? That's why I've been a little bit less on the social media as well too, you know, but as you know, things change and open up more and people feel more comfortable, um, definitely plan to ramp it up. The other thing too, that's really unique about Anywhere Fitness is I have, and the reason why I had my eye on the spot for like over seven years before I opened up my, my personal training studio, we have an outdoor area. I put AstroTurf out there and it's gonna be absolutely awesome and rocking come springtime. So, yeah. you know, once that happens, I can market differently because I can handle so many more people in the classes and offer yeah. more than one class at the Much same time. Much more of a unique selling point for sure. And so in the future, right, we don't have a defined date, but ramping up marketing efforts. And so does that mean that you're gonna get into putting advertising money behind it or just doing more of the stuff that you were doing before? Oh, no, I, I plan to just continue and continue. Um, and I definitely am spending money on advertising, you know, currently, you know, with the, with that publication that goes out to the local neighborhood. Um, mm -hmm. Also, other little publications that go out to, um, one of the other things I did was there's a, a V show, a variety show at a local school that's, you know, um, a lot of the parents, you know, are really involved with and, you know, I'm advertising in that. And then I'm also let them utilize my space, you know, if they needed somewhere to practice and do things like that, just so that again, more people are coming through the door as if people walk through my gym, like they'll be sold, you know, once you see how everything's new, how yep. it's designed. I mean, my degree originally is in engineering, civil engineering. So like optimizing things and figuring out like what to do and flow and everything like that is what I, I think separates me from other other places so right and and it's interesting because like you said we're we're trying to grow this count we're doing a number of things to get out into the community to have people aware of any of anywhere fitness keeping that idea spinning around in their back of their head so when they're ready to join something like this this is the go-to for them Jeff, I want to hear a little bit about the sales process, right? Once we get a lead in from wherever that lead comes from, what happens between the lead coming in and them converting into some sort of paid member? What does that process look like? So I'm the one that will answer the phone and I'll handle the, the initial conversation and the first workout. Um, I'll offer to give them a tour and encourage them to do a kind of assessment and session with me. So, and I'd say probably at least 80% of the people, like when I do offer that, they will take me up for the tour and the assessment. And once I could get them to do the assessment, the what they're gonna learn from it, they're gonna see the value, they're gonna see the place, they're gonna see that I'm a passionate person about what I do and um, they're definitely going to at least sign up for a membership, if not some personal training. But what I do is I'd uh, talk to them and ask them some of the background questions. I'd ask them about any past injuries, you know, what sort of uh, things they've done in the past that they've liked for exercise, how long it's been, 
so I can start formulating in my head what I'm going to put them through. And then uh, I have a little background form that I kind of ask them some more questions in, in depth, try and find out a little bit more of not just like what their goals are, but the why behind it, the real reason why, you know, today was the day that they decided to come in because that tells a lot. Yep. Yep. It tells a real lot. What, what happens to cause you to reach out, right? Yep. And the, you know, the more you kind of hone in and dig deeper into that question, you know, you find out a, a lot more about someone and they open up a lot more. And then once they open up to you, like it's a lot easier to give them a great workout, have them feel good and be happy with, you know, what decision they make afterwards. But, um, I got, yep. um, certified in corrective exercise through NASM. So I put them through basically the overhead squat test and start telling them, you know, if their knees go in or if their feet rotate, you know, tell them what muscles are overly active, what muscles are need to be improved. I am do a little foam rolling, which is another thing. It's like a, it's like a mini date, right? You know, like there's so many different segments that goes on through this first workout with me. Like uh, when they do the foam rolling, that's gonna, that's gonna hurt. You know, it hurts when you use a foam roller and you have some knots in your muscles, but when you get those knots kind of out, you're going to be feeling better right away. So we go through that and then I have them strengthen their weaker muscles, you know, and then obviously that's kind of mind blowing people are like, I can't believe this exercise is so easy and it's so hard for me. And why am I sweating? <laughs> you know? And, um, after that, then I'll put them through, you know, I'll ask them what muscle group they want to work on, you know, and I, um, work a little bit on that. And I'll also ask them, uh, I'll let them know what muscle group I think that they should work on. And we do a little bit of that and then, uh, stretch them out afterwards and then sit down we sit down and then we talk and, and then we kind of come up with a plan that's going to be best for them. And, uh, that's a lot when it's, I start formulating in my head, like, okay, how often is it, what is best for this person? What do they need? Do they need a lot of help? Do they need to work with one of my advanced trainers? Do they, are these injuries going to be something that, you know, they could still do and be in a small group and, and get through and get by, you know, are they ready for classes? So then I kind of hone that on in and present it to them. And, um, and I obviously ask them how they're feeling right afterwards and, you know, pretty much 10 out of 10 yep. times they say they feel they feel great they feel the best they felt in a while you know and um they're usually usually up for it i mean again it's just like we know this industry if the only reason why they wouldn't say yes every time is maybe because of money but again that's why i try and eliminate and give the options of hey maybe not do an hour maybe you could do half hours or a small group or you know something like that and that's usually how it goes yeah, and, and matching budget and readiness to the longer term goal, we can really sell a good portion of people that come through, right? Like you said, at that point, they're pretty much ready to go. They either know this is definitely for me or this is definitely not for me. Jeff, paint us a picture of the future, right? All of this, this whole conversation is said to, with the idea of growth, right? To, to grow membership numbers, to grow training numbers to grow revenue and profitability overall, but paint us a picture of the long-term. What is your vision for Anywhere Fitness? So, um, well, it's great is I have my little goals already set out for me. So, um, like I said, we're gonna get the back of the gym, the outdoor area rolling. And then I specifically picked my location because the space next door is available. So. My goal is to um, to get in there as soon as 
So uh, as soon as we have a few more, as soon as we start busting at the seams a little bit, um, I'm planning to make that, you know, my group exercise area and then dedicate this to more equipment. And um, so that's, that's, that's the first shorter term goal. Um, after that, um, you know, for a while I was planning to, and, and before I got this place, I was actually just about to pull the trigger on getting um, a box truck to create the mobile fitness, hence the, you know, the name Anywhere Fitness. Oh, okay. So, I, I mean, I transitioned, I was actually doing virtual training over, over like 15 years ago when I first started training, I actually offered it virtually. The platforms just really weren't there to scale it. Um, yeah. The ideas I had for it still aren't even implemented now with all the stuff that's out there. Um, you know, I want to disclose all of the ideas that I had for it to how to make it work. But um, yeah, it was just unfortunate. We had to do it through Google Hangouts or, you know, other applications, but it had a website going and, and a pay for service. And then this was before even, I think before PayPal, because we had to use different ways to kind of get things going. But um, so I did the virtual and obviously I went heavy on virtual during the pandemic and transitioned completely to virtual. Um, my clients I was able to definitely keep some of my staff, they had a harder time keeping and converting their clients to virtual. And then um, the idea was to get the box truck so that we could be anywhere, virtually, mobile at your house. We do in-house training as well too. We have the gym. And then the next step after that is just additional locations. Yeah, as true to the anywhere name as we can be, right? We're mm -hmm. already teeing it up for remote training, for in-home training, for whatever the future holds for location two, three beyond. And so Jeff, I, I really appreciate your insight on this. I always enjoy the opportunity to kind of dig through business owners' mindsets and see why they do what they do and how they run their business. And so as we start to wrap things up here, where can people find out a little bit more about Anywhere Fitness? So our website, um, probably the best place to start. Um, that's anywherefitness.studio. Um, we have our our Facebook page um, as well too. All our handles are on that website, um, our Instagram. And like I said, that's gonna start gearing up and ramping up a lot more. Um, and obviously if you're anywhere close in the Chicagoland area, the best thing is gonna be to do is just stop on by. I'd be happy to give you a complimentary assessment tour and uh, check it out. And uh, if you ever want to brainstorm, I'm always available via phone. So just let me know. Yeah, love it. Jeff, I really appreciate your time, man. I can't wait to see what the future holds for this. It sounds like you have a number of growth plans in a couple of different directions. And so we'll have to check in with you again down the road to see how all these things go. How does that sound? That sounds great. I absolutely love it. Perfect. Jeff, thank you. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. 
Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.